eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. We are getting into the heart of SEC play, the first SEC game inside Tiger Stadium. We're talking about it today. If you're listening on podcast form, Spotify, Apple, wherever you might get it, we appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button. The numbers are continuing to climb. We just passed 3,500. 3, I thought I could do numbers there, but words are hard sometimes. Uh, three, three, 3,500 subscribers. We're just going to keep it at that, but hey, it's a lot of fun. Glenn West, Dylan Sanders, my name is Bryce Kuhn. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, guys, Arkansas week is here. It's got a lot of history with this matchup. They've placed it earlier in the season, a night game in Death Valley. Hey, look, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit are making the trip uh, to, to broadcast this one. A lot of eyes going to be on this game as we get ready to preview it. And we start with the LSU offense. Um, we all know what they did against Mississippi State. Uh, Malik Neighbors, the Jaden Daniels Malik Neighbors show, um, I also want to throw in the name Brian Thomas, who's just quietly continued to put together solid week-to-week performances. That being said, Glenn, we'll start with you here. This LSU offense faces a new challenge against a defensive front for Arkansas that has a lot of experience. They only allowed 281 yards last week in the loss to BYU. It's still a solid defense. How do you feel about this offense walking into uh, Tiger Stadium on Saturday night? Uh, I mean, I don't know how you can't be uh, impressed with what we've seen the last couple of weeks from this offense. I think they they've made some real positive strides um, in terms of just how they're executing, how they're operating, who they want to get involved in this offense. And, um, you, you know, I, I think probably the biggest thing here is going to be uh, the, the battle in the trenches. You know, I've written about it some this week. I know that Dylan touched on it earlier when looking at Arkansas, that this is uh, this is a pretty formidable defensive front. I mean, you, you're looking at um, you know, a, a team right now that I think is top 10 in tackles for loss. They're getting into the backfield. They're wreaking havoc uh, on on teams uh, when they're able to get back there. Landon Jackson, a former mm-hmm. LSU Tiger and um, guy who's had some uh, really good success now over at Arkansas is – uh, I think among the top three or four players in the country who uh, is getting in the backfield for for on a consistent basis, I think he has about uh, six tackles for loss on the season. So um, I'm going to be really looking at this uh, LSU offensive line. I think um, there have been some there's been some up and down play. I'm I'm not going to go out and say that this has been a 
a completely underwhelming unit, but I think that they have certainly shown some room for improvement. I think a lot of people expected that uh, they would kind of come in with some of the continuity that they had from last year and just kind of really be able to build on the finish of last season. And um, it's just a little, it's a, it's a little harder to, 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 to do that. And, and I think that they have gone through some growing pains as a group. I think uh, you've seen kind of, um, them toy with some very uh, different uh, ideas. I think the Zalance Hurd experiment at right tackle, you know, uh, was was kind of a little bit more of a mixed review. I think last week at, at Mississippi mm-hmm. State, and 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 I think that extends inside to uh, obviously what Emory Jones was doing at guard. I think there were a couple series there where he uh, really struggled, and um, that th- there at the same time, this is also a unit that um, you know was able to keep. Jaden Daniels upright to 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 have a, a pretty historic performance uh, on on Saturday. So I don't want to take too much out of um, you know of what the offensive line has done well, um, but you know, they're they're probably going to face one of their more physical defensive lines of, of the season. I mean, we talked with Charles mm-hmm. Turner um, on on Tuesday, and uh, he 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 talked about you know them having a very physical D line, and it's going to be one of the tougher units that they face this season. Um, and you know, I, I think it's just going to be a really big challenge uh, for for LSU. You know, they've this is a, a game coming in where LSU was favored by at least two touchdowns. I mean, I've seen 17, 18 point favorites out there for LSU. I think it's going to be a little tougher than that. And just listening to Brian Kelly's comments uh, this week on Monday and on Wednesday, I think he he's put that message into his players that this is not going to be an easy kind of run-of-the-mill game. I mean, the last three contests between these two teams have been decided by a total of nine points. Um, and I think that LSU coming in and just expecting that they're going to they're gonna win is exactly how they got kind of beat in that Florida State game. I think this is going to be a great test uh, for that competitive edge uh, that Brian Kelly has talked about these last couple weeks and LSU being closer to finding that identity that they feel like is going to lead to success on the field. So, um, it's going to be a, a really important week, I think, to kind of test that out and see just kind of where these guys' minds are at uh, heading into a really important stretch here of their conference schedule. Yeah, you mentioned you know the mentality. I think that's something that we both saw and all of us saw in that Florida State game. It feels like that's been corrected, and you mentioned some of the things that uh, Charles Turner said. He said it feels like we always play with an edge, but it's something that Coach Brad Davis has challenged us coming in to SEC play, and it's something he even said. He said, we didn't have that. We, we didn't actually have that. They punched us in the mouth. Now we're trying to punch others in the mouth. So, Dylan, when you look at this offense, I mean, so explosive in that game against Mississippi State, but I think – just my opinion. I want to get your thoughts on it. Can they do the same thing? Like, is Arkansas going to learn not to play man coverage against Malik Neighbors? Because that did not work for Mississippi State in any category, in any sphere last weekend. I mean, if you, you look at the Arkansas defense and their their brand is a bit, it's like aggressiveness, so maybe not. <laughs> um, that was, you know, Sam Pittman before the season talked to, he's like, I had to get a little used to how aggressive, like, he teaches the defensive backs to be. So if if they're trying to man up Malik Neighbors, I, I, I'm fine. I think that they actually uh, match up pretty well with this defense. If I if I say so myself, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they gave up less than 300 yards, but that's easy. It's a little bit easier to do whenever your offense is giving BYU the ball near midfield or in Arkansas territory to start drives half the time. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that just as much as this is. A, a new challenge for LSU's offense. This is a new challenge for Arkansas's defense because um, they haven't played anyone like Jaden. They haven't played 
any offensive line that has that's very impressive in my opinion. Um, I mean, like BYU gave up like seven tackles for a loss against Southern Utah. Mm-hmm. So like, this is a new challenge for for Arkansas. And and personally, I I don't feel I, I feel better about the LSU covering like a seventeen point spread against Arkansas than I did about them covering was like eight points against Mississippi State or whatever it was like <laughs> yeah I don't know I I, I don't think that I, I think LSU should handily win this game um just looking at Arkansas and how they are and how their team's built I, I think that LSU should be able to to do well um just I, I feel like they match up pretty well with this team uh and and, and yeah, I, I feel like they have the the athletes. I feel like Jaden, uh, Jaden's athleticism is something like you know, like Keaton Slovis didn't have, um, mm-hmm. and, and Logan Diggs, uh, you know, could have a good game. Uh, BYU is still able to run the ball a little bit. Uh, so, so yeah, like you know, I feel like they match up well. Um, that's yeah, my my opinion. Yeah, I think this offense and Trey Biddy, we had a great episode with him kind of behind enemy lines. Glenn's going to be doing some some VIP questions, you know, just about this Arkansas team. And he mentioned, you know, the Arkansas side of things, they feel good about defensively where they are. Now, obviously coming in, he's mentioned kind of what Dylan said. They haven't faced anyone to the ability of what Jaden Daniels can do and the confidence that he was able to get last week could pose a problem because I think that we all saw and we'll we'll move to the defense here shortly, but I think that we all saw it's not an ability problem for Jane Daniels to get down the field. It might be in between the years, having the confidence and and needing to get down the field uh, like that. And so he he showed that, I mean, against Mississippi State that he could do that. And so if they can spread this uh, Arkansas team out, I think it really limits to what that front seven really could do against you. They got some a lot of new faces on the back end. It kind of feels like after talking with Trey, um, some Mississippi State folks the, the previous week. If, it feels like there's very few secondaries in the SEC that had a lot of continuity coming into 2023. LSU, obviously, a big part of that as well. Yeah, uh, we, we, like I mean, like you said, Bryce, I mean, I, I think another big part of this is how uh, they've continued to incorporate Brian Thomas into this mix mm-hmm. as well. I mean, he had eight targets last week. I think he had um, uh, 142 yards in the Florida State game as well. Having a compliment like that to what Malik Neighbors is capable of doing, I think really stretches a defense even thinner. I mean, I, I, they, they're going to have their hands full. I mean, Dwight McLaughlin's a pretty solid corner. We know him from his days back at LSU. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, to Dylan's point, they haven't faced an offensive team like LSU. And, um, you know, I, I probably should have mentioned that a little bit on the outset of my answer as well. But, you know, I think LSU has – a lot of these weapons that um, you know can really you know turn a game around, and then I, yeah. I, I would certainly put Thomas in that category. I would put Neighbors and Logan Diggs, Caleb Jackson. I would love to see him continue to get uh, some 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 you know kind of a defined role in this backfield. Mm-hmm. I think he, uh, I mean, just every time Jackson touches the ball, he's just extremely explosive, and I think that there's um, there, there's something to that, and I think that they want to you know continue to have that aspect of things feed off of him and and uh, i would i would really mm-hmm. lean into it being more of a Diggs jackson kind of backfield this weekend and really see what that looks like uh, i know brian kelly's been a little bit hesitant to maybe throw the freshman out there for a significant role uh because of maybe some of the limitations he has in the in the pass blocking game um 
But if you really want to get this run game going, and, and I think that they've shown that they're trying to do that, um, trying not to make it just a Jaden Daniels slash whoever kind of gets going uh, kind of game, uh, then I think Jackson needs to be more involved. I think that um, – you know, you can certainly incorporate guys like Josh Williams in on third down for pass blocking situations, but I, I would like to see a little bit more Caleb Jackson going forward personally. It, one of the less talked about changes that they made that I think made a big impact was throwing Chris Hilton out there a lot more. Chris Hilton played a lot of snaps and he, he maybe didn't get a ton of targets, but having that speed out there forces the defense to, to try and give you an answer. So if if you have someone uh, a team trying to not let Chris Hilton beat them over the top, that's going to open things up for a Brian Thomas and a Blake Neighbors, and I think that was a really uh, nice new wrinkle that we saw. And then and Kyron Lacey did did come in, um, maybe in more like pass uh, run blocking downs and uh, short yarded situations, but having Chris Hilton play a, a, a bigger role in terms of just kind of being a decoy even I think helped out a lot. So uh, that I think that was, I, I think that we're seeing the team kind of understand their personnel a little bit more over the past couple of weeks. So I think that's been a, a, a nice improvement that we've seen. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, and like we talked about, it all kind of goes into potentially spreading out an Arkansas defense pretty thin. And I do agree with what both you guys said, especially with the potential continued absence of Mason Taylor. And what does that look like? Mac Markway didn't look fantastic necessarily in this game. Both he and Camorian Pimpton, I think, still have a long ways to go. But that's that's like okay. Taylor might play. I think Taylor will yeah, probably If Taylor play. plays, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's I think more the guys yeah, that Kelly had said were kind of probable coming into this. Uh, I mean, I think you got to take it with a grain of salt after kind of what happened last <laughs> week when Taylor was listed as probable. But – I think that they just wanted to be pretty cautious with those guys. And so I, I do expect Taylor, Omar Spates, and then um, there was a third one in there too, uh, who's I'm blanking on right now. But um, there's there's gonna be a, there's gonna be three guys that I think he listed as probable that are gonna Agufu, play. Yeah. Um Ogofu, yes, right. Ogofu is gonna play, I think so. I think all three of us said his name differently. Agofu, <laughs> isn't it? It's a Agofu, Yeah, it's Ovi. Come on, guys, just call him Ovi. That's what we got to roll with. Ovi. Uh, no, but look, that that brings up a great topic to to turn our attention to this defense. Now, I mean, look, guys, 
um, they dominated. There's no ifs, ands, and buts. Now, I do want to pump the brakes a little bit. I think that Mississippi State, um, you know, due to obviously the tragic situation of, you know, last season and, and Mike Leach, they're trying to overhaul everything. They wanted to stay in-house defensively, which is, I think, a great idea for them. They bring in Kevin Barbe. And I think, Glenn, we could see there in person – they're still not very comfortable. Will Rogers didn't look like the Will Rogers I expected. I think Glenn expected either. So, you know, while it was a dominating effort, I think Arkansas goes through spells kind of like Mississippi State did where they just can't move the ball. But K.J. Jefferson is still a weapon. Uh, Rocket Sanders is a guy that, you know, Trey Biddy said on the podcast, the behind the lines, he doesn't expect him to go this week. Uh, that's a missing, really big missing piece of this Arkansas offense and probably one of the best backs in the country when you get down to numbers, pure numbers standpoint. But K.J. Jefferson is still a weapon. They still have some guys they can do some damage with. So, Dylan, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Glenn. This this defense for LSU, can they continue to dominate uh, the way that they did against Mississippi State? Is, or is is it going to kind of come more towards the the average, the mean of this situation? Uh, I feel like it's going to – they're going to not – I don't think they're going to look as good. Keep. I don't think they're going to keep them to point four yards of play for a half. But yeah. Uh, so it'll probably look a little bit more more average. Uh, one thing to, to note about this Mississippi State uh, – this Arkansas team is that their wide receivers are tall, and we see, we've seen what happens. Now, they're not Johnny Wilson or Keon Coleman, I think, on a talent level. And I, I, don't, I don't think Arkansas would even try and tell you that they're – like some of the best receivers in the country, but they're big and they're, they're capable like Juco athletes. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they're capable. And then they have um, uh, Jade Wilson, who's uh, who is like a homegrown SEC player. Uh, so, so they're, they're looking new. They have a freshman tight end. Uh, they're, they're looking different than they did last year, but they have some big, targets so lsu again is going to have their hands full with having five foot ten dbs try and guard six foot four receivers every play um so that will give them some wins and that that gives them an, an edge that they might not have against another team so that is i think the biggest thing to watch is were they getting beat so bad because you know, Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson were tall, or was it because they're really good? Um, and not that these Arkansas receivers are slouches; they're just not like that that level on paper that that you're going to be facing. So it's going to be, you know, maybe like you know, we, we even saw Grambling uh, have some some receivers moss Denver Harris in the end zone and, and go over some guys. So. It's going to be an. In, I think that's the biggest thing to watch on the LSU defensive side. I think this. I think LSU should be able to win in the trenches. I don't think that's even a question um, against this team. They have some some younger uh, some younger guys, and then some guys that LSU has had success for success against in the past on the offensive line. I, I think LSU does not really have an excuse to lose the battle in the trenches this time around. I'm going to be interested in how the secondary responds to once again facing a really big wide receiver core. Yeah, six foot four Andrew Armstrong, six foot four Isaac Tesla, Jaden Wilson in there in the slot. Um, I wanted to also mention before we throw it to you, Glenn. Uh, AJ Green has filled in nicely uh, for you know Rocket Sanders, but uh, another weapon out of the backfield. How do you see this defense matching up, especially on that back end, Glenn, or just in general? 
Yeah, I, I'll probably take it from a defensive line perspective. I think that you have to build on what you you had last weekend. And to Dylan's point, I think LSU one of the you know, concerns with Arkansas at least early in the season offensively has been its offensive line, uh, and particularly in the in its pass rush. You know, they, they've they've they haven't been able to really keep KJ Jefferson upright. Um, I know he's been pressured a lot uh, early in this season, um, and you know that's. I mean, that's not something you really would expect with a, a Sam Pittman coach team. You know, offensive line is kind of his specialty, his background. So I think they're still trying to figure some things out there. And um, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for LSU to kind of take advantage of this. I mean, like I'm, like we mentioned, sounds like Ovi uh, Gofu is going to be back into this lineup. Um, you're going to mix him in with Braden Swinson at Jack. You're going to have a uh, full stable of defensive tackles, whether it's uh, Mason Smith, Kai Wingo, George Jefferson, Paris Shan, um, uh, and a couple Jacob and Gillery, of course. Um, so there, there's going to be a lot of uh, you know subs. Uh, I would imagine LSU, you know, keeps it pretty uh, routine with its um, with its substitutions at those positions. And uh, what we've seen here over the last week, I mean, just is. Not only are the defensive line, but the the backers seem to be the linebackers really seem to be kind of coming into their own, uh, finding a little bit more of a, a consistency with the way that Whit Weeks played last weekend. Uh, I think you can really lean into him, and and certainly what Greg Penn brings to the table. Uh, Brian Kelly spoke glowingly about Greg Penn and and Whit Weeks this week. Um, so you know you're you're probably going to incorporate Omar Spates into this to some degree, but I, I just don't know how those two played last weekend. You can't lean into those guys the most. I think that those two yeah. deserved to earn the majority of the playing time at inside linebacker. You can continue to be uh, versatile with the way that you're using Harold Perkins. I think that they're getting closer to what you saw from from Perk last year uh, in kind of in terms of his role and how he's going to be most effective on this team. Um, Arkansas game was a big one for him last year. We all know that. Um, and, and so, you know, we'll see if he can continue to have that kind of success against this team this go around. Um, but it's going to be different. I mean, you're, you're going against a guy in K.J. Jefferson who is a little bit bigger. You're going to have to – you know, just talking with Savion Jones yesterday, they're they're talking about hitting him lower. They're going to have to get into his midsection to bring him down. They can't go up high and tackle high uh, and expect to bring him down to the ground. So um, if, if the front seven, my whole thing here is if the front seven can continue to apply the kind of pressure that it did last week against Mississippi State, um, then I, I think that it, it helps everybody. It helps secondary and their matchups downfield. Um, it helps, you know, obviously what – um, the, the the coverage plan is downfield with, with some of those bigger receivers that Dylan was talking about. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like LSU is in a really, uh, really good spot. And, 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 you know, defensively right now, I think they're, they're playing guys at the right positions and, and having a lot of success with the, with, with the kind of scheme that they're running. And um, just, I, I think LSU is uh, going to be a really tough matchup for Arkansas's offensive line. I think that's going to be kind of the, the battle of the trenches is going to be really where this thing's won for LSU. And uh, certainly that extends to what the defensive line is able to do and what kind of pressure that they can put uh, on KJ Jefferson. And just some, some numbers, Arkansas's offensive line currently ranks 62nd in terms of tackles for loss allowed uh, and 79th in sacks allowed. So not what you would want to see from a Sam Pittman coach team so far. 
And obviously, too, a defensive line that you have guys like you mentioned, Harold Perkins, are going to be able to pin their ears back and yeah, get I mean, after KJ you, Jefferson. You mentioned the Dylan the the fact that um, Arkansas's defense has never seen anything like LSU's offense, but what about Arkansas's offensive line? I mean, they haven't probably yeah. seen anything like what they're about to face this weekend with Mason Smith and Wingo and all these guys that are going to be coming at them for four quarters. So. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a huge, huge matchup for for LSU to to win this weekend and take advantage of. And, and people people might be expecting, you know, like that the Harold Perkins uh, of last year. It, it is important to note that LSU was facing backup quarterbacks last year. They did not face KJ Jefferson. Um, they were facing, you know, like Malik Hornsby, um, and I can't remember the other guy's name to be honest. But uh, it wasn't KJ Jefferson. So that's that's all it is. Like that that is something to to think about whenever you're going into this game. But also, you know, that game was in like negative twenty five degree weather. It seemed like on TV. So who knows? <laughs> well, let's get to the predictions and, and kind of final thoughts, guys. So in we'll go two minutes or less with each. I'm going to put you on the clock here, Glenn. We'll start with you. Your predictions and final thoughts. I know that's a lot of points that Vegas is giving LSU in this one. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I think it might be a little bit closer. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that they're going to cover that 17, 18 point spread, whatever it ends up being by Saturday. Um, I, I, I kind of think it's going to be more in the range of 35, 24 LSU, maybe 38, 24. Maybe they get to two touchdowns, but um, to go three scores, I think would probably be a little bit uh, too high for me personally. But um, you know, I still think that that still shows you that this is a team that's capable of dominating an sec opponent and 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 certainly at home that's going to provide some challenges um but you know i i like where lsu's mindset's at i think that they've really figured out some some key elements in terms of their identity as a team on both sides of the ball um i think that they're playing the right guys they're um you know they're 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 getting the most out of most of their players that they're out that are out there um you know i think another part of this that has to be brought up is um, what happens nickel um, weekend with 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 uh, Sage Ryan and Ryan Yates, two freshmen that are probably going to or no, not two freshmen, but one freshman uh, who's going to probably be uh, in for a few more reps uh, this mm-hmm. weekend as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely intrigued by just the matchup. Uh, I think that LSU has a good chance here to really continue to build on some of the positive momentum that they've had um, for for two weeks now and. If you you know win this game and you, you kind of go into these next you know two road games against Ole Miss and Missouri with uh, a nice two and zero start on your back here in the West, I think that's um, that's about as good as you can ask for in kind of what's been a wide open conference so far and really no clear uh, clear clear winner of who's going to come out of the West at this point. I like it, Dylan. For you, where are you rolling with this one? Predictions, final thoughts. Give me LSU minus the points. I'm going 38-17 LSU convincing SEC home win before they get ready for the road trip. Um, You know, no disrespect to Arkansas, but I just feel like this LSU team, where they're at right now, is a better team than Arkansas hands down. I I feel like they don't really have an excuse to not handle this game. Um, I I think, you know, Arkansas, it's an SEC game, SEC home game, but they're – you know they're they're in a weird spot. They have some new coaches this year. They have a, a lot of new players uh, coming from all over the country, like even especially in defense. So 
uh, and, and on offense, they have a, a lot of new weapons. So they're, they're, they're still trying to figure things out, but I think LSU is very happy with where they're at right now in terms of, of growth. Jaden Daniels, uh, you know, is not, is, is, you know, there's a little bit of a motivating factor in terms of Jane Daniels threw for like 80 yards last year uh, against this team. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a get back, get back factor. Um, mm. I think this team's confident. And I think that this team is especially getting ready for the road game, uh, the, the road series, you know, under the, under the lights, death Valley, LSU lost last time at home against Arkansas. So, there, there are a couple factors here that I think LSU is going to want to going to want to pour it on and, and maybe take this chance to to prove, hey, we're not that team that you saw in week one anymore. We're a different we're a different version of, of, of this team. We are I think I think they're going to handle business. So, yeah, 38, 17 is my final score. LSU should be should be fine. And if they're not, it's a it's a it's a worrying loss, in my opinion. Be interesting. I kind of sit in between you guys in this. I think that LSU does dominate uh, in, in the sense of just being able to impose their will. I think that's something they're able to carry over. I think there's going to be more pushback from Arkansas than we saw against Mississippi State. Uh, my final score prediction is 31-20. I think that uh, Arkansas is able to kind of get a garbage time touchdown to, uh, to to mess with some of the people who've who've you know bet on this game, but. All that being said, 31-20 is where I'm going with this one. I think LSU does win this comfortably. Maybe it's 31-13 midway through the fourth quarter. I think Arkansas's offense is going to struggle. Uh, the offensive line concerns for me, especially against this defense and this front seven. I don't think – you know, we, we talk about what happened in week one. I just – it's going to take another opponent that can protect their quarterback to really put stress on the LSU secondary again. And I don't think Arkansas is a team that can do that. I think we may have to see maybe an Ole Miss next week that, that might be able to do something like that. But, hey, LSU-Arkansas under the lights in Tiger Stadium. This is the Go 24-7 podcast. We appreciate you so much for tuning in, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you might be listening. If you're on your drive into Baton Rouge for the game, we appreciate you. Check out the other podcasts we had going on in Behind Enemy Lines with Trey Biddy of hogsports.com. And if you're on the YouTube page, continue to keep those numbers climbing. 3,500 subscribers, and we are climbing. Fantastic job done by you all. It's Glenn West. It's Dylan Sanders. My name is Bryce Coon. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 